Let us know where you're tuning in from, Jamal. Where you at this week? I'm tuning in from the chilly East Coast. Mm. Soon to be the 30 South. And where are you tuning in from? <laughs> Best coast as usual. I mean, thankfully, it's not too cold on this side, but, you know, it's cold enough. <laughs> Today, we're talking about hard knocks. Well, we started off the year with the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, you know, in Capricorn at mm-hmm. 22 degrees. And then we all know what happened after that for the last, you know, <laughs> several months. So without going back over all of the things that we've went through, now no. we are coming to the end of the year with Saturn coming out of the conjunction with Pluto, which is still in Capricorn. And now Saturn and Jupiter are both, you know, heading for their conjunction, you know, later on this year in the month of December. Mm-hmm. I believe it's taking place. Um, I would say conjunctions are, you know, exact when they're about three degrees or less. But mm-hmm. the 17th through the 19th, they'll be both traveling um, through the last degree of Capricorn, at you know, into zero degree of Aquarius. And Jupiter-Pluto and Jupiter-Saturn cycles are, set, you know, said to be, um, you know, every 20 years, I believe, for the Jupiter-Saturn. Jupiter-Pluto, I believe they're every ooh, 15 years or so, or they have like a cycle or so, mm-hmm. probably a little bit, maybe less. But anyway, without getting off topic, they are said to be very auspicious because they, you know, signify changes of cycles that are, you know, coming. So everything in Aquarius will see a change, you know, that we'll talk about later on, but we'll see a change for sure. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit about how that all will affect the rest of us very, very soon. But just pay attention to this culminating feeling that you're probably feeling right now, mm-hmm. um, because that's usually Saturn and Jupiter at a critical degree. Things are ending. Things are wrapping up in the sign of Capricorn. And then things will start anew in Aquarius. And, you know, Jupiter brings expansion and abundance and, you know, a lot of things because Jupiter, you know, is big. Its presence yeah. is heavy. And then Saturn kind of brings a crystallization. And when I mean a lot of things with Jupiter, Jupiter can bring wealth. Jupiter can bring wisdom. Jupiter can bring experience. Jupiter can bring travel. Can bring, you know, several different things. Enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And Saturn brings wisdom as well. Saturn, you know, brings perseverance. Success through, you know, attempted multiple efforts, you know. So whatever Jupiter is expanding in this area of your life, Saturn is going to come bring some level of structure to it as well. So... It's just going to be a very interesting energy that we're going to be operating in for a little bit of time before Jupiter starts moving on into Aquarius. And then later on, Jupiter will go into Pisces. So this will be very short lived as far as how long they'll be traveling together. But the effects will be long lasting. Wow. Do you know how long um, Jupiter will be in Aquarius this time around? Um, so Jupiter should be in Aquarius usually for about a whole year. Jupiter will dip into Pisces, I believe, in June or July. I think it's June. Can't remember the date. But um, Jupiter will go into Pisces temporarily, and then it'll retrograde back. And then that's where it'll retrograde for, you know, several months, which happens every year. Jupiter has a retrograde cycle in about the middle mm-hmm. of the year, or what we would consider the middle of the year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it'll dip into the sign of the next sign's energy, or sometimes it'll go up until about, you know, the mid, you know, 20th degree, 22, 24, 25. The stationing degree is always very significant and different each time, but it'll go sometimes into the next sign or sometimes it'll go into a third degree and then it'll retrograde back. So, for example, this passing year, 
Jupiter and Capricorn, we didn't experience Jupiter and Aquarius at all mm-hmm. um, during this year because it retrograded at 27 degrees back to 17. But Saturn, for example, did go into Aquarius briefly in May and then retrograded back. So this Jupiter cycle going into Pisces will be kind of auspicious because we'll get to see a peak at what Jupiter and Pisces will bring um, before it'll retrograde back. And, you know, the older you get, or I should say with more wisdom, maybe we right. say age for some people, you know, certain transits will repeat. So Jupiter transits, you know, every single sign of the Zodiac mm-hmm. for about one year. And sometimes it will dip into the next sign sometime during that time period, depending. So, you know, roughly about, you know, three times if you live to be 36, you'll experience you know jupiter transiting through every single sign at least you know up to three times the first 12 usually we don't know notice all of them because for a period of that time we're infants toddlers you know so true that's pretty crazy to think about look at this i'm over here giving jupiter all this credit we'll talk about saturn too and saturn goes through a sign for every two and a half years you know so saturn transits are very long so whatever happens during these next two years it will be a theme that will keep coming up keep coming up retrograde will happen it'll <laughs> rewind and then it'll go direct things will feel like they're going forward again and it'll retrograde again during the second year come back then go direct and then it'll go into the next sign so about two and a half years we experienced energy of capricorn in a certain sign so okay like how do you what's the best way to work with that information personally to make sure i'm at least like navigating the waters right so the best way to work with Saturn. Um, so if you know your chart very well, like backwards, forwards, you could tell what you're rising and all of that is without even looking mm-hmm. great. You're on the right track. Um, if you don't, it's okay. There's AstroSeek, Astro.com, Cafe Astrology. Once you know your chart, if you know your ascendant, then you will know what your descendant is. So whatever your rising sign is, your seventh house is the opposite. Um, and Saturn transiting the seventh house is said to be a pretty auspicious time. Um, but so is Saturn transiting the fourth or, you know, sometimes the fifth as well. And the reason being is that each time that Saturn is transiting a house in your chart, it's activating a theme. So the best way to figure that out is to, you know, I would say go on AstroSeek, for example, or even Astro Future if you create the app. Mm-hmm. Look at your chart. Learn with your first house. And the, you know, the Zodiac will on the very inside of the chart, like the very center, almost, you'll see numbers and you'll see them going around in 12. And you look at the very outside, you'll see the Zodiac signs. So the Zodiac signs on the outside is like the transiting ascendant. The numbers on the inside are 12 houses, which we all will have. Mm -hmm. Um, So anytime and then the planets will be literally on the very inside of it'll be in between the zodiac sign and also in between the number and these little blocks like in the circle of the you know the birth chart so where those planets are on the very outside if you are looking at a transit that's where the planets are at that time or any given time where you can look up you know a date and time as well you want to look at wherever saturn is currently wherever you would see let's say capricorn for this moment in time that we're talking at you know 20 i think it's 28 degrees today you would look for wherever that is in your chart let's say you don't have a planet there but it's boom your third house that would be the house of siblings and you know that could be let's say you have capricorn starting at zero degrees that means that's wrapping up it's going to head into your fourth house um let's say it's you know split up a certain way you're using placidus and that's a specific you know 
chart method that you would look up Mm -hmm. then it might not be the same but wherever saturn is like by number whatever house that's in that's the energy where saturn is going to be slowing things down a lot of review a lot of blockages a lot of um multiple attempts to fix you know and get something together only to feel probably at the first few attempts that you're not doing all that well and probably by the time the trance is over you're probably just exhausted or you probably feel a sense of mastery um maybe not necessarily ease but you feel like i've worked hard in this area so that's where you want to work with it the other way to look at it as well is let's say if you have no idea with how to find your time of birth mm-hmm. you can go on cafe astrology and still look at the day you were born and it'll give you the transits based on the date of birth not necessarily the time so there will be specific transits to your ascendant your midheaven that you will not be able to see which those are important too but let's say if it's the sun saturn sun Maybe your father, somebody in your life that's an authority figure, they may be blocking your flow. Maybe you have to take care of them. Maybe you have to deal with them more often. Maybe there's um, a manager you have to deal with. Maybe there's a boss figure, something or someone that's an authority because that's Saturn Mm -hmm. in in the the sun. Maybe there's a project you're working on. Maybe you just started this new job. Maybe you've been working the job for a while and it's brand new authority person comes on the job and you don't like them. (laughs) However, it rolls out. It tends to end up being that at the end of that transit, there's some level of success that you have reached either in that particular area where there's been conflict or maybe it's unrelated. But Saturn Sun transits tend to signal some type of accomplishment or there's an opportunity to gain authority through overcoming some obstacle. Let's say if it's the Saturn opposition Sun, that is a little bit more challenging because your energy usually feels depleted because Saturn is sitting at the opposite end. So that's when you're trying to integrate energy together. The sun is warm, lively, vivacious. It's, you know, kind of a youthful, playful energy. Saturn is kind of cold, old, restrictive, <laughs> inhibited. Yeah. You know, he's a master, but he's old. So it's like, it's like, you know, it's an aging transit. So it's like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm running against the clock. Oh, my God, I'm getting old. Or, oh, my God, time is not on my side. So I need to, I want to do, you know, I want to, like, I don't know, liven up my appearance and look older or I want to achieve a lot more things that I've never really thought I could do, or I want to start a family, you know, it, so Saturn opposite the sun, it, depending on the signs, it can change greatly. Um, so that's, that's how fun. you would kind of start. Yeah. You would start looking at, you know, wherever Saturn is transiting in your chart. If it's the moon, it could be your mom. If it's Venus could be love relationships or not on the great, you know, side, if it's not the trine or the conjunction, even the conjunction can be challenging. So wherever Saturn is the energy is going to be very easily felt and I would say once you know your chart you can kind of start telling certain transits or anticipating and I would say you know look it up see what it could bring and see what what the possible manifestations are of course allow yourself to have your own experience but at least look into it and see maybe you know that there's something that's coming up that you're about to do and you feel like oh okay I have no idea what's going to happen that transit probably coming up is going to have something to do with it that's actually pretty helpful. So I pretty much need to know like what house it's in so that I can pretty much prepare if I want to, if I could, yeah. if it's possible. That's dope. Thank you for that. That was really helpful. You're very welcome. That was really helpful. I mean, okay, so another theme for this year, since we're kind of like just looking back on it, I noticed with all of the changes going on that have been kind of overwhelming 
there's been a really big surge in people kind of looking to alternative sources for healing and information and like, you know, points of views. And that's really exciting. Like we're talking about moving, you know, experiencing the sign of Aquarius in this way. Like all of that is heralding a kind of new paradigm. Um, I want, and one of the things I would love to kind of bring into the conversation just the thought is highlighting the importance of grounding. So while we're learning about um, how to how to work with other realms of information and energy, it's always really romantic and exciting to think about like, oh, I got I'm trying to open my third eye. I want to be able to see see this and that. And I love that idea because it's exciting when you first are coming into the idea that you're more than just your physical body, but Right. On top of that, though, it's kind of like you can save yourself a lot of unnecessary struggle if at the beginning of these far out trips and um, inquiries that we also remember to ground, that we remember that mm-hmm. the point is never to leave the body or to sever your ties with your human experience. I noticed a lot, right. it kind of, it starts to like, sound like it's looked down upon to be in a body like, oh, I'm trying to ascend. I'm on the ascension pathway. And oh, the, I hate being a human. It's such a pain in the ass. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's kind of funny to me because. I mean, it is kind of good. It's definitely some, it's some shit sometimes. At the same time though, it's like, man, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity and anyways, right. whether you see it that way or not, you are in a body. So if your perspective is like looking down on it and you're trying to chase experiences that take you out of the body, I mean, there it's a privilege that is very coveted. And I, well, we could leave it at that, but it's just like, you know, it's just as important. And it's fun though. Like it doesn't have to be like all boring root chakra, but no, it's like the whole miracle is you bringing those um, extraterrestrial and galactic and angelic and just those beautiful higher dimensional energies, anchoring them here in the third dimension and being um, incredible creator as a result. Like that's the trip. Because if you're not in your body, you can't do that. If you're if you're only third eye and there's no root, then it's always just going to be an idea and a vision. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people end up in really, um, not a lot of people, but it is common to really get disillusioned when that's the approach that you take into it because you, you are in a body. And that's not something you want to like overlook or kind of look past. And I think that's something that's definitely old paradigm where it's like, you have to wait till you die and go to heaven. Like that's the thing to look forward to. People just are, are willing to accept, accept mediocrity or just like ridiculous suffering just because it's like, well, that's what you do when you're on the earth in a body. It's a sin. It's a sinful place. And and it's just like, whoa, (laughs) Uh, I mean, you always have the right. I'll always say you have the right to your worldview. But in my worldview, that's not accurate. And I feel like, you know, this experience is something to be cherished and enjoyed as much as possible and also learn from. Like, you can't avoid that. And I think when Mm -hmm. you do lean into that learning, like you're talking about with Saturn 
and these just transits in general, you're given that opportunity to master something. I that's the most rewarding thing ever. And so the idea of mastering this experience, I think just as important as it is, I'm always advocating for, you know, tapping into the higher dimensional and spiritual aspects. It is equally as beautiful and fun and um, enriching and important to your evolution, being that you're here in a body to practice those those things that will also make you rooted here because I mean, God, look around, like (laughs) I highly recommend. So let me just, my very first thing about being grounded, my very first and favorite thing to do to ground is to be outside Mm -hmm. straight up, straight up, straight up. You don't have to do anything, but just go outside, go to a park, go somewhere where there's grass and a tree or flowers And all you have, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to try to think anything. You don't even have to try to meditate. Take your shoes off and put your bare feet on the ground and just be quiet for a moment. And that's, that's it. You don't, you, there, nothing needs to be said. You, and if we're talking on a technical level, you're literally merging with the electromagnetic frequency of the earth. Wow. Like just by doing that, it's simple. Now, I'm not going to lie. I have once after like a rainstorm, like walked in like oh. the grass and it felt like, oh amazing. my gosh, that, oh, I just like, when you said that I smelled the rain and felt the, like, felt the grass, the like, wow, that is the best. And there's nothing like that. You can't simulate that, you know? And when I, whenever I'm in nature, it reminds me of, it puts me back in reality immediately. Because I'm like, whatever was going on, on my phone, on the computer, at work, people that I'm not even around in this moment, like, I feel incredible. And I'm looking around at these trees, these amazing beings, and the flowers, oh my God, the flowers and the the clouds, like, this is what I'm made out of. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what I am, that's, this is real. This is the realest thing that there is. And immediately, like, humility, gratitude, peace, like, all of it is just immediate. And you don't have to say anything. Like, people that have a hard time, especially if you're just starting out, meditating is kind of hard. But if you find, like, some water to go sit by and just watch it flow, like, you will come, you will find that stillness and you will find that grounding. And it's, it's immediate because it's what you are like you're it's you're it's child it's baby it's precious baby mm-hmm. so <laughs> first and foremost favorite grounding practice period being in nature straight up <laughs> can't say enough about it um let's see okay so my second one i would say is eating raw foods it's mm. it's actually rare when you think about it now with like how things are processed and just trying to get enough calories in the day is sometimes difficult. Um, And a lot of the times we're just eating things that are coming out of a bag, something that came out of a can, whatever the case, reheating something. I feel exposed. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know. I'm talking to everybody. (laughs) No, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But not. I'm speaking for all of you guys out there who feel exposed. Man, I'm, I, 
bullshit. I just on. had two Oreos. They're vegan, but they're definitely not a part of the raw foods category at all. <laughs> now wait, now wait. Now you gotta admit when where do we go? That boardwalk? Where? Santa Monica, Santa Monica? Here? Yes, those fried mm-hmm. Oreos, they were bomb. Yeah, and it had been a minute since I had those. But we uh like, okay. But okay, but that you know what? That was a good <laughs> pleasure moment. And you know what? I have not indulged. Since. I don't yeah, I haven't had one since. I promise on everything. Oh mamas. <laughs> but nah like as far as just grounding and like so like for example if I'm reading charts or something or if I'm pulling cards or if I'm in a deep meditation really like after chanting for a long time I kind of feel myself like right right outside of my body sometimes (laughs) like right 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 outside um and that's easy mm-hmm. when you like when you're opening your gates and when you're interacting with higher dimensional um, energy, you're using your energy centers to do that. So like grounding after doing something like that and before, I cannot stress it enough. Like I see I always see these things on social media about talking to ancestors and talking to angels and channeling. But I really think it's important to like there's practices that you want to do grounding practices, spiritual hygiene practices that are just as important, you know, as the learning the ceremony or ritual or whatever the case itself, because you are here in a body. So, you know, act accordingly, I guess is all I'm trying to say. It's a part of it. It's not, you know, it's not a hindrance. It shouldn't be a burden. It's a part of it. So eating raw foods is definitely one of my favorite, like carrots, That's one of my favorite grounding foods because they're so crunchy and they kind of taste like dirt a little bit. I know that sounds weird. (laughs) So do beets, but they kind of like taste like dirt. And it's just like really a whole sensory reminder of just like eating raw food from the earth. Like one of my favorite. Mm, I love carrots. And, you know, just raw food, avocados are dank. Um, what else? Those are like top top two favorite snacks: carrots, avocados, and then as far as fruit, like mango, just raw foods. Like it doesn't have to be. Like I love mango. Fucking hard ass cold broccoli. It can be sometimes raw broccoli is delicious, but and if you're gonna do it, I recommend broccolini. It, there's a difference, and broccolini is really fucking mm-hmm. good raw. But I digress. <laughs> um. you know it's so few. Um vegetables that you can really eat raw that completely taste like kind of the same or they have that similar yeah yeah i can't i'm trying to okay so like green vegetables easily like i love raw spinach i prefer it raw actually i love arugula raw yes i love um i arugula has that certain little like right put some a little like barbecue type of thing with it and mm, Mm -hmm. so good um, like, yeah, so, and I'll even eat, like, raw kale. My collards, I need my collards cooked. They don't have to be cooked hard. I don't need them, like, mushy, but I need my greens cooked. I need my cabbage cooked. <laughs> Brussels sprouts cooked. <laughs> but, yeah, as far as grounding, those are those are my favorites. And just, like, um, when you're so I guess this is a kind of a continuation of that one but eating like mindfully 
in general. That's another way that I like bring myself back into my body, into the present moment. If I can't necessarily eat something raw or whatever the case, or even if I am eating something raw, I do want to eat mindfully. So one of the ways that I do that is to actually do that. I know it sounds silly, but like actually counting how many times I chew. So like actually trying to chew my food Mm -hmm. 30 times before swallowing, that's a meditation practice for me because it makes Mm. me really mindful and aware of like the whole process that I'm going through, like sitting here eating something and it helps me to kind of like center because I'm not doing anything else in that moment than being aware of myself, my whole body, my attention. I'm going to admit I kind of cheated a little bit because I know you did mention this before this episode. (laughs) And I... Oh, yeah? How did it go? Tell me. Were you eating dinner? You know what? I was having a day. Uh I was having a day. And I was like chewing and I was like... (laughs) I was like... (laughs) And it was literally like... I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm fine now. Yeah. Like, it was weird. But the chewing kind of helped me, like, yeah, get yeah, less angry. That's so awesome. I'm glad you tried it. Really, though, it can shift your mood. And that's the thing about emotions. When you're grounded in your body, then the emotions kind of, like, flow past, like, clouds. You know, they're not, like, stagnant just sitting there. But when you're up there floating, too, you don't, you know, it's like it's hard for you to gain that perspective of just letting the emotions pass. Cause when you're aware, it just, it's general, like whatever, it doesn't matter what, what you're being aware of, you're being brought to the present moment. And that automatically increases your awareness. So something like an emotion can flow by a lot easier or like a thought or something you've been ruminating about. That'll help me a lot when I'm ruminating mindful eating is one of my favorite things and then if you especially if you're eating like a fruit or something crunchy it's everything and see it's so simple like it doesn't have to be like boring and strenuous to get in your body like it's a privilege i agree no i definitely agree with you all right and then so my fourth one which i really love as well is the like a mindful shower or bath So that's one that I love to do, especially like right after work or if I've just finished like interacting with a lot of people, even sometimes after going to the grocery store, because it's just like so many people. (laughs) And so I'm so glad you said that because I feel like somebody somewhere is going to be like, wait, can go on one day without a shower? Um, I mean, you know, I'm not going to shower shame people because I've heard stories of people that don't shower every day. If I'm camping, you might catch me slipping like over the like from Saturday night to Sunday night, but still like bring wipes and you do what you need to do. I recommend showering every day, but to each his own. I respect everyone's rights. Now, that being said, a mindful shower, though, like that changes the game because it's like whatever energy. Well, at least when you do it mindfully. When you're doing a mindful shower, the idea is that you are washing off not just the physical debris or dirt or whatever on your body. You're also kind of washing off the energetic information that you may have picked up in your field as well. And so the mindfulness comes in for me is just kind of when I'm when the water's hot, I'm just breathing in the steam and trying to make my breaths like even and steady. 
and really just feel myself like pulling the warm water and steam in and kind of like steaming the inside of my brain, my mind, my energy field, and then breathing it back out, imagining it like flowing down the drain with the water off of my body, off my back. That's like a mindful or that's how I do a mindful shower. And that helps me again, just kind of come into my body because it's like multiple sensory being activated like the smell of the soap or sometimes I'll put I'm smelling salts in the shower with me like mint or rosemary and um, the steam Mm -hmm. like the hot water that I feel in my body that's one of my favorite most like oh so like rewarding especially after a full day of work it's kind of like okay I've washed the day off of me I've washed that experience off of me I'm kind of like pressing the stop button on that experience or train of thought or kind of switching gears. Like, okay, now I'm home from work, whatever was going on at work, whatever I didn't finish at work. I'm, this is the clear line in the sand that, okay, now I'm home. I'm running different energy. I'm tuning into different stuff. I'm trying to play video games when I get out of the tub, like (laughs) not log onto my computer and try to finish something else. And then the last one, which is one of my, like, I I would definitely say it's like top two out of this whole list beside nature, (laughs) um, is breath work. Because something else that I feel like. Speak on it. Speak on it. Yeah. I mean, it's like something that you have with you all day, every day. And it's so overlooked. I always say like my breath is my favorite totem because it's like you don't you can't always carry a crystal. You can't always bring your oils, but your breath is something that you have access to all day, every day. And a common one is when you know somebody's trying it at your job and you know you you know you know you want to get with them in an unprofessional manner. So you take your breath because wait a minute, you just got that email from that person you don't like. <laughs> oh, you know what? You just found out you got to go to a meeting about something stupid and unnecessary. <sighs> <laughs> you got to get asked to work late today, and you know that you normally ain't supposed to work late today. <sighs> See? We just took three deep breaths over three very annoying situations. Right. Ugh. Yo, that was, mm, I needed that right then and there. Fucking thank you. <laughs> That was perfect. <laughs> exactly. No, because it happened. Exactly. No, that's exactly right. Like just being able to that it's a very small window of opportunity to check yourself. <laughs> and it works every time. Yes. It works every single time. It brings you right back into your body, into the present moment. And the really cool thing about the breath is you can you can really like I call it, I don't know, like I just call it kind of like programming it. So I'll specifically decide an intention. So for example, I'm about to go have a difficult conversation with someone and I know that they are going to be trying to get me into a power struggle dynamic where in reality, I don't want to have a power struggle with them. I want to have a harmonious interaction where we both come out with understanding each other and are both of our needs being met. So I will breathe in sets of four to represent the fourth chakra, the heart chakra, the heart space. 
So that that's my intention that I'm bringing into my awareness and grounding that and like making that my present moment thought instead of letting my mind kind of go all over the place that it wants to go, trying to anticipate what the person's going to say, what I should say, what I think is going to happen. Instead, it helps me ground into the present moment and kind of like imprint the intention that I want to see in the situation. And so when I say breathe in sets of four, I will like inhale four seconds, hold four seconds, exhale four seconds, hold my breath out for four seconds. And really, it's just a matter of this kind of repetition of my intention at the end of the day. That's all it really is. And just kind of a symbol of what it is that I'm trying to do in that moment. And And above all else, it makes me present. It makes me aware of my current state of mind and body position and breath as opposed to trying to see into the future or re- bringing up the past in my nervous system in response to a situation that action as hasn't actually happened yet. It's really some high tech machinery. Like when you think about it, you can do a lot with the breath. So that's my top five. I would say grounding practices, just things to help bring you into the present moment things to help bring you into your body so that you don't miss all the good stuff wow well i definitely feel like some of those things are things that we all pretty much already try to talk about Mm -hmm. integrating so i'm glad that you were able to make it a list because now it's kind of like you can come back and check that which kind of reminds me of a question that i was having about all of this so how long would you say it took you to kind of get really conscious about trying to integrate all five on, let's say, maybe a semi-regular basis for you? Um, To be honest, I had like, I was always curious about the whole, like, um, I guess, spiritual lifestyle. And throughout that, you always come across the idea of mindfulness. And then with the idea of mindfulness, you always come across meditation. So that's something that I've been exposed to and like curious about for the longest. But to be a to keep it a stack, I thought that there was some other way around it. Like (laughs) I thought there was some other way to achieve mindfulness without getting into some type of meditative practice. Just because it was tough to meditate. It's like, well, how can I meditate if all I can think about is not thinking about anything? (laughs) So for the longest, it was a struggle. But then I would say like in college, I finally I came across this really amazing book that a friend let me borrow. And it was it was Ram Dass's book, Be Here Now, (laughs) actually. And I never got to give her the book back. Shout out Latifah. Hit me up. I really want to get you a copy of it. (laughs) But I read this book and this person had mantra in the back of the book as like a practice for meditation. And that was the switch that I needed. I needed like something to kind of help me stay in the present moment and be able to get meditative practice. And once I started working with that, it kind of opened the door for other similar meditation practices and I would say over the course of like four years to be honest just practicing mindfulness in general and making it a daily practice as much as possible of course like not every single day at first but my day didn't I felt weird if I didn't get in some type of meditation 
at some point in my day. And that took four years to develop. And then at that point, it's kind of like the things that I'm talking about, mindful eating and just feeling when my energy needs to be somewhere else or it's, you know, not grounded and it needs to be. That's that's kind of when that started becoming more apparent and obvious. And of course, I'm always still learning. Um, one thing mm-hmm. I want to say, too, that I really, really um like liked about watching you on your YouTube channel, um, <laughs> shameless plug, is that I love how dynamic your like body poses kind of are. And um, it's and I wouldn't even say pose is the right word because it's kind of like you're not necessarily posing. You're kind of moving in a very fluid like way. But there's like these certain stances that I see that I really really like. Like to me, it almost reminds me of, like those power poses like that you should practice not necessarily like in the mirror per se because yoga is totally different but it kind of gives me that feeling of like empowering oh your body you know yeah. what I mean? like no does that make yeah sense? i know yeah, exactly you know what, what I mean? you mean and it does feel like that like i know this isn't like the question you asked but to just say like with yoga there's especially kundalini yoga because i i've gone um that's definitely my favorite if i'm comparing like hatha and flow which were the only other two. And I've done a little yin yoga, but kundalini yoga is like, it's different. Um, maybe it's just my teacher. I don't know. Like shout out SRK Temple 143. <laughs> but um, it's really an integration of all of your senses. And it brings you into your body and your mind and your spirit, like really immediately all at once. And there's so many different postures for different things, for different days, for different times of the day. Like if I would say another like bonus grounding, get you some yoga. Like it is next. It really is next level. And it's cool because you can take on your, you can kind of take responsibility for your own um, evolution and experience in it. Because if you give yourself like a 40 day practice to do, then not only are you practicing this physical exercise, but you're getting the spiritual and mental stimulation and you're getting an opportunity to be disciplined and that just changes neural pathways like nothing else I've ever tried. So <laughs> like grounding and, and evolution, like at, at once yoga, get you some. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Hmm. And then I have one yeah. more question. Easiest out of the five for you to kind of integrate one that you had the most difficulty we're not gonna say <laughs> trouble we're gonna say easy. difficulty with okay easy nature easiest one i love being outside it's so easy it's so easy to go outside and spend hours and have my shoes off and roll around like get in some water hike all of the above anything outside i'm already trying to do that because it's <laughs> all I ever want to do anyways so that would definitely be the easiest one for me I love sleeping on the earth I wake up no matter what feeling completely rejuvenated and like fortified and held and beautiful (laughs) and the hardest one I would definitely say the mindful eating and drinking (laughs) because I'm like you like I'm always doing something. I'm always like trying to eat in between doing something else. And um, it's such an easy. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why it's such a powerful switch 
when you are able to eat mindfully more often because it's so automatic now. But I mean, before I'm sure when food wasn't so accessible, you couldn't just go in your pantry and pull out the family size bag of whatever you were thinking about that food as you were eating it and being grateful for it. And it, and it actually, science has actually come and shown that um, when you eat mindfully, your body has a better and easier time of digesting it and taking out the nutrients from the food, like processing the nutrients of the food. Yeah, it's, it's, hmm. it's really interesting. But that definitely is the hardest, the hardest wow. one for me because I'd be crushing. Like, animatars, like, I love to eat. And I, <laughs> it, yeah, I'd be, I get down are good at yes tell them i really am that's one thing i don't mind bragging about because other people tell me gas me (laughs) (laughs) no you're an amazing cook and i thankfully i was your roommate for a long enough time you know i got you on some veggie chili next time we kick it look her (laughs) chili is so good that i didn't even (laughs) want her to have it all and we can laugh about it now that's how good the chili was. She yeah. didn't eat enough of it. Literally, she was we would be okay. She was about to. She was about to catch a charge with us. That's Literally. how good this chili was. was with me, I'm like, damn, I cooked it. <laughs> see, right. we can laugh about this now, and see for our other two roommates, we can laugh about this now. <laughs> Yo, every time, every time, I'm with it. I'm with the cooking shit. Shout oh out to God. God. Shout out. If huh? you know, you know. If you know, you know. You know, you know. <laughs> it went down. <laughs> but all right. I think that that was good for episode four. What do you think? You have anything else you want to let the people know? You know, stay safe, stay protected out here, and just know the wheels of change are <laughs> definitely rolling. So. We'll be right here with you. It's so dope being able to speak with you all. Shout out to everybody listening to the episode and following the Instagram page that I be trying to post on and the Twitter page that Jamal be posting on. We are so excited that y'all are fucking with it. Feel free to leave comments and questions if there are things that you want us to talk about. And um, we'll put the info in the bio. And until next time, peace, y'all.